Grace be with you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. What have we been talking about the last couple of weeks? Jesus' genealogy that's found in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. This is a list of names, his family tree, Jesus' ancestors going on back. And in Matthew chapter 1, we looked at, uh, well, we, last couple of weeks we looked at Matthew. This week I'd like to look with you at Luke's genealogy and see what God would teach us. What insight does he have for you? What word does he have for us today with respect to this list of names? <laughs> what is he going to tell us? Well, how do Matthew's and Luke's genealogies differ? Most commentators believe that Matthew's is Joseph's genealogy going back through his earthly dad, although not of the flesh because Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, but going back to Abraham, to David, and what does that show? God's faithfulness to save the Jews and to send the Savior from the Jews according to the promise to Abraham of his offspring and according to the promise to, to, uh, to Judah that the king would from, come from the line of Judah and according to David that it would be one of David's own sons, right? So Matthew teaches us God's faithfulness to the Jews, that Jesus was sent to be faithful, to fulfill the promises given to the patriarchs. Luke's genealogy, most commentators understand and agree that it's from Mary's side, and this is Jesus' bloodline, and through his mom, and then uh, shooting over kind of through Joseph because she was married to, uh, to Mary. <laughs> he was married to Mary. Interesting way to say it, isn't it? But um, nevertheless, uh, what do we learn from Luke's genealogy? How does it differ? Well, let's take a look here. Matthew's went back to whom? Abraham, Matthews, right? Matthews did. And you're right, Dale, this one goes back to Adam. So we read here, Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son as was supposed of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, yada, da, 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 I don't want to say yada, 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 but down, da, down, da, down, to son of Nathan, son of David, son of Jesse, son of Obed, etc., etc., the son of Arphaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, okay? the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God, right? So Jesus' genealogy is traced all the way back. So when you get to the Old Testament and you're reading these long books of lists of names and you're like, what on earth is God doing in preserving these things? Well, he's showing us this faithfulness to preserve a seed from the first woman, Eve, to whom it was promised that from her seed would come the Savior to crush the head of the serpent, squash him underfoot, but of course the serpent would also pierce or strike his heel at the same time, right? So that's Jesus. What is God teaching us about? Well, Matthew's genealogy taught us that God was faithful to save the Jews, to save those, those promises of patriarchs, amen, right? Luke's genealogy tells us something that was a mystery for long ages, but was finally disclosed God's ultimate goal was to save the entire human race, right? Because Jesus goes all the way back to Adam, from whom the whole human race comes, and he came to redeem the whole thing. Isn't that amazing? Now that seems to you very simple, doesn't it? Now, of course Jesus came to save the whole human race. I've heard that from the time I was a baby, Pastor. Do you agree? Right? But you know that that was not something that was known and taken for granted in Jesus' day, and even the apostles had trouble with it, that God would save someone other than a Jew, 
you get back here over to Ephesians. Listen to what Paul says. The mystery was made known to be by revelation. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it's now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And here's the mystery, verse 6. That is how the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Is that a mystery? It was a mystery back then. Stop it. <laughs> that word in the Greek is musterion for mystery. If you look at it in the Greek, it's musterion, which means something hidden, something discl not disclosed, a secret, something that was kept only to God for a long time, but was finally in the days after of Jesus and after revealed that God's purpose all along from long ages was to save the entire human race through, Jesus's, through Jesus. And that is revealed in Luke's genealogy. Do you know how much trouble that was for the apostles to believe that at the start? Peter, remember, he's preaching to Jews and God had to send him into a trance and he sees a great sheet coming down with all kinds of animals and he says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. No, 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 Lord. <laughs> I'm a Jew. See, these, some of these animals are unclean. I can't eat unclean animals. And God says, what I've called clean, you shall not call unclean. And that's when the messenger came from Cornelius and he was called over to the first Gentile who came to Christ. And Peter was having trouble with that. But he's like, these guys received the Holy Spirit just as we did when we believe. Can anyone forbid water for baptizing them? Nope. And they baptized them, the first Gentile. That was hard. Do you think that's hard? It's, it's so easy for us, but it was hard for them. A mystery. They didn't know this. It's revealed in Luke's genealogy, but it was a mystery hidden and not believed and hard to grasp for the Jews for a long, 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 long time. Of course, we're the saved people, but Gentiles, no. Well, God's long, plan all along was to save you and to save me. You know, in Acts chapter 15, even years after Peter and Paul are preaching, they still had problems with this. In Acts chapter 15, we read that some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brethren Unless you're circumcised or according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. What's that mean? What are they trying to do? Turn the Gentiles into Jews. If you want to be saved, you've got to become a Jew. Be circumcised. Paul's saying, no, 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 no. Paul and Barnabas go up to Jerusalem, and Peter and James and John and everybody's there, and they have a big council, a great synod, right? Like an LCMS convention. And there was some contention there, just like ours, because here we read that some people came up and said it's necessary to circumcise them, to charge them to keep the law of Moses. And then Peter stands up and says, God made no distinction. Why would you put a yoke upon them? They don't have to keep the law. They are saved through faith in Christ just as we are. Right? And then Paul and Barnabas got up and recounted all the deeds they'd done amongst the Gentiles. And then James got up and said these words, my judgment is that we should not trouble the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them, I'll add simply, to abstain from the pollutions of idols and from unchastity and from what is strangled and from blood. And they say, if you do these things, you'll do well, farewell. They sent a letter to that effect. So it was finally decided. The Jews, the Gentiles don't have to become Jews to be saved. But that was a huge, huge trouble for them. But God all along was taking the Jews and the Gentiles and in Christ, he made them both one. He preached to those who are near, to those who are far off. He made one man out of the two, 
one race out of the Jews and Gentiles called his people, and that was his purpose, to save us all along. And do you know that that was promised in the Old Testament? Way back even to Abraham, it was said, you know, God called Abraham, go from your country and your father's house to a land that I'll show you, and I'll make of you a great nation. I'll bless you, make your name great, so that you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, him who curses you, I'll curse, and by you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What's that mean? Through Abraham's seed, are you with me? <laughs> Through Abraham's seed, God was going to save the entire, all the families of the world. Right there, but they, it was hidden. This was not something they could grasp. Their minds had to be opened to understand the scripture later on. It was a mystery hidden. In fact, Abraham's name was what? What does Abraham, Abram mean? Father. What does Abraham mean? Father of many nations. Many nations. Are you Abraham's children? Do you believe as Abraham believed? Luke's genealogy teaches you his plan was to save all the human race through Christ. Isaiah 49, which we read a few moments ago. God is speaking in prophecy to his son Jesus 800 years before he even came. And he says, it's too light a thing, Jesus, that I should send you to redeem the, restore the preserved of Israel and to raise up the tribes of Jacob. I'll give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth, God says. Isn't that cool? Even in the Old Testament, you hear many times God's going to save the Gentiles, but their minds were hardened. They couldn't see it. Walking about until the mystery was revealed in Christ. And you can see that Jesus was the son, not just of Abraham and David and Judah, but the son of Noah, of who, who's our great-great-grandpappy, all the way going back to Adam, who is the father of us all. Do you know that we're all related in that cool? Are you brothers and sisters? You know, we really are. We really all come from one guy, Adam, and his wife Eve. By the way, Eve means what? Not woman or sexy little, uh, you know, sex kitten or, or she who does the dishes. Eve means mother, right? Mother of all living. So that was her great calling. So God came to save the whole human race. We see that in Jesus' genealogy there. But it also teaches us something else. That Jesus, it says, he was the son of da-da-da-da-da-da, son of Adam, son of God. What's that mean? Was Adam a son of God? In a very pure sense, right? Because God made him. Of course, Christ is a better son of God, only begotten, but they're both sons of God. There's the first Adam, and then there's the second Adam. Jesus is the second Adam. Do you know that in the Bible? Let's compare the two of them. Let's turn to Romans chapter 15 for a moment. And we read here in Romans, Sin came into the world through one man, that's Adam, and death entered through sin. That's how we get death. From Adam. He was the head or the type or the leader of the whole human race. Christ is the leader of a whole new human race. We're going to see the comparison. Paul says, verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass, the free gift that comes through Christ. Let's be Christ over here, Adam on this side, okay? Through Adam, what do we get? It says, um, many died through one man's trespass. That's Adam's. Much more uh, have the grace of God and the free gift and the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the effect of that one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, and the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Are you following me? Let's put it up on the, on, on the screen here, if you will. This is our best high tech that we have at Christ Lutheran Church. Not like in a lot of other churches, but... 
It says, and the free gift does not lead the effect of that man, one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. The free gift following many trespasses brings justification. If because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Then as one man's trespass lead to condemnation for all men, so may one man's act of righteousness leads to acquittal and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you get all that? You know, it's always, I always find, this is my, I'll just give you a little insight into how I preach. Whenever I look down and I'm reading and I think that's great, I'm always afraid I might lose people if I don't have my eyes on you, right? So are you all awake with me? Okay. What that means is that through the first Adam, you get sin. And from sin, death ended in the world. It spread to everybody because of the first Adam. Death is wages because of our sin, which led to condemnation for the entire world under the cloud of God's wrath. It made us all sinners because we have a sin nature. It leads to eternal death, and the whole creation was doomed and destroyed and subject to decay by the time of Adam, who is the king, if you will, the, the type, the head over all the earth, the Son of God. Jesus' genealogy says Jesus is the second Adam. Jesus was from Adam, and he's the second Adam. He's the next Son of God to come. The new Adam, what did he do? He had an act of obedience, whereas Adam had sinned. He obeyed, which brings us life. And it brings us a free gift called grace. It justifies us, makes us to have the free gift of righteousness given to us, which brings us eternal life, and the entire creation will be restored and renewed through him. Isn't that beautiful? This is all right there in Jesus' genealogy. God, the Holy Spirit, is speaking and saying, look at all these things I have for you. And this is not just a word for some out there. This is a word for you because you're in this family. This is your family tree. This is your history. And it also means that we have a great hope in the world to come. Because what is our present world like? Do you like this world? I mean, we got mountain peaks. Do you like that? Do you like forest glades? Do you like the beautiful turquoise water of the, of, of the Caribbean? I like all these things, right? This is great. It was a beautiful world, but it's fallen. It's broken. It's full of wickedness and violence and disease, and trouble, and death. But that was the first Adam, and we're living in this. We're living in it right now, but we're already living in this one too. They're overlapping, and we're heading for this one, where the entire creation will be restored, and we're living under a king who gives us righteousness, grace, peace, eternal life, and the whole creation, it says in Romans 8, is groaning right now like a woman about to give birth. Ah, it says, but it's looking for the liberty of the children of God and it's going to share in it. The whole creation will be set free uh, with us and will reign with Christ forever and ever in the kingdom of God. So all these things are for us right there in Luke's genealogy. And I had one seminary professor said, if Adam had a perfect world to start out, our perfect world is going to be so much better than even before sin came. You know why? This is what he said. Because Adam's was, Adam was a perfect man, and the whole creation was perfect. But can you compare Adam to Christ? A Adam was a perfect man, but he was nothing 
like the perfect man Jesus Christ in terms of perfection and glory. If the first creation was beautiful and perfect under Adam, the first man, what is the next creation going to be like under Jesus Christ? Wow, God's got thing, good things stored for us, right? I mean, the first creation, God knew would be subject to decay and death and be put away and rolled up like a shirt and thrown into the laundry and forever forgotten. The new creation is for those who love God, who've held fast his name, and it's been prepared from the foundation of the world, and it's forever with unfading glory. And guess what? That is coming to us very quickly. Look at the news, friends. It's not far away. And God is going to bless us in Christ, second Adam. And so, here is that over the last couple of weeks, just in these list of names, God's already taught us that he came to save sinners. Look at all the sinners in Jesus' genealogy. And he came to bring us and make us righteous, accounted as so. God came to be faithful, to fulfill his word. He never fails and he saved the Jews. And then today, God's plan was to save the whole of humanity. And that is evident right there in Jesus' genealogy. We look forward to that day when we'll be able to see all these things uh, with our own eyes, like Job says, and we'll see our Redeemer standing there face to face, and that's joy forever. So let's be excited about that on this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.